Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Revolution podcast, where each week, Antonio, Fernando, and Eduardo bring you a new look at trending ideas and concepts in the world of entrepreneurship. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneurial Revolution podcast. Here today, we have your hosts, Fernando and Eduardo. How are you doing, guys? Great. How's it going? Good. Good, good. And we have a special guest today, Michael Kaplan from Tyvaco. Hey, Michael, how are you doing today? Hey, thank you very much for having me here. No, it's, uh, it's great having you here. Uh, we met Michael at a networking event in the Tyson's Launch Workplaces about a week ago, and we started talking, and I found out he spoke a couple of different languages, so that really got me interested. And we started talking about his company and type, what Tobacco does. And Michael, without further ado, can you kind of tell us, explain to our audience what is it that you do and how you found the company and what motivated you to start it? Sure, I'll give you a little bit of a background first. Um, about the company Tyvaco, uh, we do one thing that no one else does. So we are making video searchable, which is a pretty cool thing. Um, I'm doing this with my co-founder, Dr. Elizabeth Perea, and we're actually having a lot of fun with this. Uh, what we've done is create something that looks very similar to Google. So if you know how to use Google, you know how to use our technology. Uh, we started with a very simple question, and that is, wouldn't it be nice if you could search through your own video and find exactly the scene that you're looking for? Uh, again, as easily as using something like a search engine. Now, for, for yourself or your personal media, that, that's not as much of a challenge. But if you're an organization like a corporation or a nonprofit um, or government, this becomes a real challenge. Um, in fact, what we know is from my background that for organizations, if they can search through their media and find what they're looking for quickly and easily, they will use it. Uh, and they'll use it across the organization. So they can use it not only for the marketing department, but they could be using it in oh, sustainability office or uh, investor relations, corporate communications, uh, PR, social media, so across the board. Um, so for an organization, this is really more than media. I would say that in their case, though that media that they have is actually an asset. And the reason that, th that it's called an asset is because it has valuable content. But that content is only valuable if you can, again, quickly and easily find it, search through it, and then use what you want to work with, and it has to be easy. So that's what, that's what Tyvaco is. That's awesome. Actually, the first thing that came to mind when you said that about the video is, so how exactly do you do that? How, how, do you have like an algorithm? What do you, uh, I remember when we were in Tyson's, exactly? we kind of, uh, we associated it as a SEO for video. Right. And you were like, not really. But that's kind of like what, what I thought about it, how it worked. But uh, yeah, that, that's a good question. Right. And I can give you the, you know, kind of the behind the scenes tour a bit. Um, but again, I just want to help everybody to understand what we're talking about. If, if you had uh, a three minute video mm -hmm. and, and somewhere in that video is, is a scene where you are walking a dog in a park and you know that, that it's in there and you want to find that scene. Okay. That's easy. Just push play and you'll find that scene. It's only three minutes. But what would you do if you wanted to find that scene and the video wasn't three minutes long? What if it was 50 hours long? Mm. 
or 50,000 hours long. So that's where it gets right. to be a real yeah. problem. Uh, what, what we've done is combine technologies. So we have uh, a process called annotation where we annotate video. So this is not just searching through titles of videos mm -hmm. or, or simple meta tags, right? Anybody can do that. We're talking about being able to actually type in search terms, phrases, and then f be able to hit search and find maybe one or more than one scene instantly. And so by annotating the video, we're able to create that search term list for you. And beyond that, uh, we're also combining technologies. So there are some terrific technologies already available, like facial recognition, right. and also things like uh, automatic transcription, where we could take something like, like what we're doing now mm -hmm. and automatically uh, get a transcript of what we're talking about. Right. And yet, there are some real shortcomings uh, to, to all of those technologies. Uh, facial recognition software or any kind of AI really isn't perfected yet. I think we're a way off. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that people sometimes forget about facial recognition is that, you know, if that person's face and name isn't already in the database, you it, will doesn't, recognize it doesn't really matter. So it could be Abraham Lincoln walking through Dulles Airport, but if he's not in that database, no one's going to know that it was Abraham Lincoln. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, that's true. There are also some challenges when, when we use automatic transcription software. I know we're getting better. Um, there are some technologies that are, that are evolving, which will be able to more or less uh, use connotation to, to decipher that, okay, there's humor here or that there's some emotion here. But we're really not there yet. We're getting there. And there are some other shortcomings with, with transcription. Like in the beginning of the interview today, you, inter you introduced me, you said my name, Michael Kaplan, and you said I'm the founder and CEO of Tyvaco. If we, if we edited that out of this conversation and we could do a complete transcription of what we're talking about, and without my name there, no one would ever know that it was me talking. Mm. Mm, right. Yeah. right, so there's some interesting challenges that, that we're trying to to overcome so it's uh, all these uh, softwares and technologies are only as strong as the as, as the information that we feed it pretty much pretty much so and then of course on top of that and this is where it gets really interesting uh, we also provide uh, on a very large scale manual input because again the the technologies are terrific they help to augment what we're doing but they're just not there so we are providing and we can scale up to a very large uh volume to to actually have manual input so that can be everything from observing video and putting in annotation terms all the way through going through and checking the quality of the product before it goes to the client so again if this were your personal media let's say you had some video of your sister's wedding you wouldn't really need this service for that but uh, if you were a corporation or if you were government and this is where it gets really interesting is that we happen to know from talking with clients that they are sitting on very large volumes of media and in some cases have no idea or have very limited idea of what is the content in there, right? So we want to help them to be able to access that content so then they can start to use that as an asset and incorporate it into their storytelling, into their branding, 
mm-hmm. their marketing. You game. said, yeah, there's many ways you can use it. Speci- so I, th- I think especially marketing. Yeah, it's basically like grabbing data from your database and use it for like marketing and stuff. Yeah. Right, and some people call the, the stored media an archive. Yeah. But in our case, that's a little misleading because we're not only working with the older content, which we'll talk about, but we're also working with the digital content that's being produced today, this afternoon, because organizations are also having trouble keeping track of what they're producing today and yesterday. I'll give you an example, um, an ad agency that was meeting with a client and they were talking about a, a scene that, that they had shot a few months ago and they thought, you know, we never used it but that might be ideal for what we're talking about now for another campaign. Well, they wanted to go back and just find that, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, to be able to show their client and, and see if that was appropriate. And it turned out to be a massive headache because just going back and trying to find that one scene. And, yes. and I've kind of, we joked about it and said, well, you know, it's easy to go back and find that content. Just assign it to one of your interns. <laughs> uh, so so one, one thing that I thought might you might find interesting is that uh, the types of, of materials that we're working with, so digital content that's produced today, mm-hmm. but also because many of our clients have older stored content, um, we should talk about that. It's not, in many cases, it's not even in a digital format. So this might seem strange to some of your listeners, but there used to be something called analog media <laughs> so to give you an idea there there was something called movie film right which was a, which honestly some people have never held in their hand and if it's a movie film or let's say something that's a little before our time there was a thing called a vcr yep yeah right? mm-hmm. so you probably heard pictures of or with the seen, tapes read the yeah, tapes right the vcr tapes right which was magnetic tape mm-hmm. which recorded sound and video and you know, the, the challenge is, if, if I handed you a, a, a VHS tape right now, how would you be able to even look at it? Mm-hmm. You know, most of us don't even have a VCR in home anymore. Right. I had to borrow one to watch the uh, trilogy of st- first episodes of Star Wars that <laughs> somebody borrowed me. <laughs> right. And so because we are focused on B2B and B2G, we really have to provide a full solution. So that means not just working with the content that's already digital, but helping them to get that product into a digital mm. format. So we work, we do that as well. We do some of that in-house. And we also work with um, some very specialized vendors that we have agreements with. So we're, we're set up to do very large volumes because, again, this would be for, for like a corporation. Right. This might be product that's stored in a, in a warehouse in, in New Jersey, could be in a storage shed in Omaha, Nebraska. And so there, we have to be able to help them to, to put it into a digital format just so it can be seen. And so sometimes that's right. a necessary evil. Um, in, and beyond that, and this is interesting, when we talk with clients, large corporations, they know that they have some or maybe many uh, storage facilities with their with films and tapes. And this could be going back to the 1920s to, for films. Um, could be videotapes from the 70s. And honestly, the collective memory of the organization is such that, yeah, at some time, someone knew what they had and they knew what the content was. And probably by now, that person's long since retired and probably moved down to Miami. So 
there's this challenge of the, the collective wisdom and, and memory of the yes. organization. We know that there's valuable content there. We, we honestly don't recall what's there. Right. Um, one of the interesting uh, things that we learned when we started our business was that we had to help the client just to identify what they had before we could even begin to transform it to a digital file. So we'll create a, um, a report for them. The way we do that is that we'll go on site so again, if we have to go to Omaha, Nebraska, and we'll perform a physical inventory where someone who ha has experience with older analog media will not only count what's there, but will estimate the volume, the, the how much time. And we'll also do something called a, a, a grading. So we will be able to grade the likelihood of that can this product be put into a digital format because sometimes it's too late. You know, over time, those old films and tapes actually deteriorate. And even if you put it right. in a climate controlled environment, unfortunately time, well, time's the worst, but time, yeah. humidity and temperature, you know, will just destroy those. And, and we hope that it's not too late because we don't want to lose it forever. Um, so what we learned was that for an enterprise client, we really have to provide a, a you know, a full complete service not just one aspect of it right um so do you switch everything to cloud storage or oh sure that's that's really the uh, the, the trend for industry and that's what the clients uh, prefer our our um our system is uh is uh, cloud-based it's a secure system uh with um a secure login for the clients uh beyond that it's um it's an interesting model uh we so obviously we, we perform the, the inventory if necessary, mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll uh, do a transformation or digitization of the products if that's necessary. Mm -hmm. uh, and beyond that, uh, we will provide that initial annotation service. And then beyond that, for the client, and this is the really cool part, uh, we'll provide an ongoing access so that they can log into their account, they can search through their media, and find what they're looking for and that's that's an annual subscription okay so that's four different if anybody's keeping track that's four different revenue streams that we <laughs> yeah. and there's yes. more uh so that's that's how it's all kind of coming together um i would i would want to emphasize that that the reason we're doing this is that it was very clear from talking with clients and potential clients, and we including some very large enterprises in, in the New York and, and LA areas, um, this is a burden that they don't want. They don't want to have to their own staff to, to be assigned to do the annotation of, mm -hmm. of media. And so by us taking that burden off of them and we're doing the heavy lifting, uh, this is adding tremendous value and, and really unlocking the value of their content mm -hmm. and that's really what this is right. about right so we want to help mm -hmm. them to be able to get to it um so that's um something that that's that's really made a difference and when we talk to uh clients and vendors um just about everybody has a story that they can tell us like oh yeah we had this material and we we don't even know where it is anymore and we wanted to use it in other cases people will say to me yeah i know what you're talking about i saw that super bowl commercial uh, let's see, there was a commercial, I think it was a year or two ago, from a car company. It was a Dodge Dodge brand of cars. And the commercial 
used footage from the original founders of the car company, two brothers who happened to be named Dodge, and people might remember this. And it was a really cool commercial because it had some black and white footage as well. Uh, and so it looked, it was in fact authentic. Um, and what a great way to, for the organization to tell their story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think if you're a marketing person, you'll say, yeah, it's the ultimate in uh, differentiation. Because it's, it's, it's one thing that I can't pay someone else to create. It's, it's got that word called authentic. Mm-hmm. Originality. Originality. Mm-hmm. And, and it's real, right? I mean, I can, yeah, I can pay someone to, to create. I can use CG. I can create uh, something that looks old. This is different. This is something that the real the, thing, the, the this is the thing, real yeah. deal, and and that's a that's an important point. And and our clients get this. Uh, certainly, the lawyers get this. Uh, we called it an asset because it it has value. Uh, you know, there's something else about this that's very interesting. Uh, in in the case of our clients, they own this material. Right. So there's a very important point. I don't want to mislead your audience. There are some software. Um, programs that are available now from some very large companies like Adobe and Canto. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are some other companies that are really doing a terrific job like IDAM and um, there's somebody called Media Valet. And these are what, what's called uh, DAM software or digital asset management software. Some people call it DAM software. Mm-hmm. Uh, and DAM software, uh, it's surprising that it actually doesn't have a formal definition. No one actually will say exactly what DAM software is supposed to do. Uh, typically what it does is help you with your content to organize it and hopefully to share it with other people. But again, we're back at square one because it doesn't really annotate for you. Right. And it doesn't use the different technologies like the transcription and the facial recognition that we're incorporating. So unfortunately, it, it, it falls a little short, but we'll never badmouth those products they they serve a good purpose and our technology will work with those so if somebody's already using something to 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 um, store and uh, categorize their media that's fine for us because we can work with that let me ask you a question uh, if this may be possible so let's say this whole plaza had a free Wi-Fi but and to connect to it you had to use Facebook and it also had cameras that were recording at all times so if somebody connected to our Wi-Fi, right, with Facebook. So that automatically gives them their name. Like you said, you need to know the person's name. And the cameras were recording, and then they, the cameras see that person in here, and we know that that's them because we have their name, and we have a picture of them from Facebook. Could the system automatically put that together to apply facial recognition and follow their, you know, just know every time they're here? Obviously, when they check in, we'll know that they're here, but follow kind of like their... Uh, their envi- the way they move around the plaza or the center, you know, like, oh, they go to Julio's, they have Margarita Julio's at this time, then they go shopping at Target, and every Saturday they come with the family. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and it's a great question. Uh, and, and in fact, that's, that is the direction uh, that some companies are going. Uh, typically, you see that security-type uh, mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. Uh, often stems from uh, the technology that's developed originally for government use or yep, for, right. for security use. Mm-hmm. So... You know, for me to say that they're not working on that or they don't have it now, um, you know, that would that would obviously they, they there is something like right. that. Uh, it's not perfect. 
but certainly, and, and it's not only for government. Mm-hmm. Um, I give you an example. The uh, when you walk into a casino in Las Vegas, yep. you know there are cameras yes. everywhere. Yep. Uh, let me assure you that it's not just someone with, with you know, it's not just a human being watching you. Oh, there no, there is technology being yeah, used now. Especially, sure. I think casino cameras uh, are known for being some of, uh, other than government, of course, facilities. But casinos are known for being some of the best to monitor just like uh, behavior and uh, psychology. Behavior, uh, uh, yeah. Behavior. Oh, how, they, how people are mm-hmm. playing, how their facial recognition, how their micro expressions, and all sort uh, those all sorts of things. And like you said, it's not just for government too, because the way uh, we're t- the reason the reason I brought that question up is because uh, we're trying to get into the business that a similar business, but uh, to help the real estate market. You know, we notice retail stores are going out of business. Macy's close is closing down over a hundred stores. So I think, and kind of like what you you're. Uh, tobacco is making is is bringing back value like you said and these are assets that real estate companies uh, commercial real estate companies will have access to and be able to see the environmental flow of the people that come to this process and say hey you know what maybe here's look look at this video this is the way the people move throughout monday the slowest day of the week what can we do to make those sales go up you know absolutely no it's it's um uh, you're definitely going in the right direction uh, what we set out to do was to make something that not only works well uh, and, and solves a very specific problem. We, we still call it an invisible problem, but it, it's so prevalent that sometimes people in industry don't even realize that it's there. They're just struggling right. how to deal with this on a day-to-day basis. Um, I, I would talk a little bit about just the, the scale of, of the industry and what we're talking about. This is not something just limited for a, for a few companies. We're talking not only with Fortune 500 organizations, but we're also uh, talking and helping uh, family businesses. Mm-hmm. So these might be smaller in the number of people mm-hmm. that are in the management, but in terms of their revenue and in terms of their assets, uh, tremendous, uh, and obviously a tremendous opportunity for us. Just to give you a, you know, a quick idea of, of, of uh, an overview, at least for the, for the uh, digital asset management, industry uh, just to throw some numbers mm-hmm. out um, you know the 2015 global dam market was valued at one one and a half billion dollars and that's expected to grow to seven and a half billion by uh, 2024 so if you're doing the math that's a, a compound annual growth rate of over 30 percent so it was kind of a no-brainer for us that we right. definitely wanted to jump into this market um, Clearly, the uh, uh, the um, the actual end users prefer a uh, SaaS model, a cloud-based uh, solution. Correct. So that's right. what we're providing. Um, and you're right; it, it is trending more. <laughs> absolutely. There's one other trend, and and um, you know, I just throw it out as a teaser. Uh, this is not my plan, but um, the larger players in this sector now. Uh, I think without any exceptions are all planning to grow primarily through acquisitions. Mm. So if we do our job well, um, we may get phone calls, although really that's not something that's in our immediate plans. Um, but it would be nice. You know, mm-hmm. it, I, I'd be very direct with everyone listening. Um, and I have some opinions about, uh, about running a business. My background is is such that I I have some some experience Um, we're really focused on getting to profitability 
and we can talk about that, uh, we're not focused on growth. There are a lot of companies today that are focused on growth. That's growth at any cost, nothing but growth. And I personally don't, I don't want to follow that model. I'm also not focusing solely on what's called a revenue model. I'm actually looking at something very old fashioned called profit. <laughs> and if we follow our plan, uh, we expect to hit profitability by month 36. And that's something that I want to brag about. So <laughs> come bring me back uh, to right. follow up and we'll, we'll let you know if it so played out. To end this, uh, end this session, which is, has very, been very insightful, what is the vision for, for you and where do you want to be in the next you know, 18 months from now, especially how things are moving so fast nowadays? And is there anything that the new administration is going to uh, affect this kind of business? Uh, I, I probably couldn't comment so much on, on the, the current administration in terms of the po political Correct. perspective. Um, you know, we, we recognize that, uh, there will always be changes or shifts in the direction. Um, you know, we, uh, we're very professional in the way that we approach the market. Our focus is on our client and helping mm -hmm. them to, to be able to incorporate their, their work, um, we also offer, and this is the, the other vertical that we provide, we also provide uh, creative support services for our clients. And again, that might just be that, that they're so overwhelmed with what they're doing that, that they know they need to do this and they don't have the capacity. At the same time, uh, we really bring expertise to the table when it comes mm -hmm. to using your own media and incorporating that into your messaging and branding. Uh, we, we're just a natural fit. Um, we are partnering with some of uh, some of the um, creative agencies uh, right now in the mid-Atlantic, so DC and also New York, okay. um, because we want our clients to have the best. Um, where I see us going, um, I'm very conservative about how I uh, how I plan for our company's growth. We have an amazing team, and if anybody's listening and cares. I would strongly urge you to consider the people that you work with, um, not only your co-founders, but your advisors, the people around you, your vendors. Uh, that will make or break your company. If you have the right team, you'll be able to make your business work. You know, we're very, very lucky. Uh, I've got uh, Elizabeth Perea as a co-founder. She's based up in New York. I'm here in the DC area. And when I'm not here, I'm actually in Taiwan at my other home. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've got a terrific um, team behind us. We've got advisors, including Everett Bellamy. He's a dean at Georgetown Law School. Mm. Uh, we've got Lou Piccolo, who's uh, very well known in New York City for his um, uh, work with startups, uh, especially on the financial side. Uh, we also um, are very fortunate to have uh, on our advisory board uh, Amy Feldman. Uh, Amy was formerly with Citi and Viacom, so she brings a lot of very real industry experience to the table. I also, uh, I have to say that uh, in our case, uh, our lawyer, Todd Culkin, uh, has just been fantastic. If anybody's looking for help, especially for startup in the New York area, uh, Todd is outstanding. Uh, it's because we have this team that we will be successful. Right, it's right. not a one person. Uh, and, and I don't think that, um, that we ever set out to be, and we're still growing. Um, where are we planning to be? Uh, 
well, I already spilled the beans. We're, we're, <laughs> our goal is to hit profitability by month 36. Mm-hmm. First year, I think we'll be um, working primarily with family business. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, we, uh, as we grow the, uh, the technology, we have some plans to incorporate other technologies that I didn't mention here on purpose. Right. Um, and I have to do a shout out uh, to our uh, CTO, Ken Fisher, because frankly, uh, he, he is bringing incredible value to what we're doing. You know, Ken is working with very advanced technology on three continents, and we're so happy that, that he's with us. Um, and all of these pieces form you know, the answer. And so it, and it really wouldn't work with, without all of this. Right. Um, I'll throw out a teaser for you. If we can hit profitability, then just because somebody calls us and says, Hey, you know, we see what you're doing and you know, we want to, and I won't mention any names of who might call. You can use your imagination. Um, but if, if our focus is on profitability, we may think of our future in a different light than, than say, someone who, who's only working on, let's say, a, a social media app. Mm-hmm. Um, only in the sense that if we are able to sustain our growth, um, you know, perhaps we'll grow our own company. And rather than uh, talk to somebody about buying us, maybe we'll talk to somebody about buying them. Mm. Right. And we also have plans in the future right. to diversify our company. Look, I was director of marketing for a major Japanese corporation uh, named Sanyo. Um, and after that, I, I've had other experience. I was appointed um, by the mayor to uh, San Francisco Waterfront Committee. Uh, I, I've also been involved through, uh, through my work with uh, lobbying efforts in California at the state capitol in Sacramento. My co-founder is, brings incredible experience to the table, um, including experience with commercial real estate. So we have a number of opportunities where we could go. Uh, I'm leaving the door wide open. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Guys, you have any more questions for Mike? No, he covered pretty much everything. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Mike, thank you for being here. Oh, it's um, my pleasure. I really want to thank you. And this is this is just tremendous. I mean, thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course, of course. Uh, we love having you here. We love interviewing people that, have, that are coming up with innovative things, especially now, like I was telling you earlier, things are moving so fast. It's our uh, our our logo, or I mean, our, our motto at Atlantic Coast Ventures is stay ahead of the trends, you know? That's... That's what we try to do with our companies. We're a social media company, of course, and a digital marketing company. And we try to tell our clients, you know, if you can catch a trend and you can capitalize on it, then you can make, they can monetize yeah. it. And that, you know, if I can make you money, then. <laughs> uh, if I can help you in any way, or if any of your listeners um, uh, want to get in touch with me, yep. um, I am Michael H. Kaplan. I'm with Tyvaco, T-A-I-V-A-C-O, or they can visit our website. Uh, if they connect with me on LinkedIn and just let me know that they heard this uh, podcast, podcast yep. I will say yes and be happy to uh, connect with them. Um, and of course, if there's anything I can do to help, uh, you know, don't don't hesitate to ask. We, it's it's no longer an ego trip for us. I right. heard that mm-hmm. you know earlier in my career. Uh, so you know, at this point, we want to do the right thing. We want to have a company that's worth having, and and we want to work with people that we want to work with. And those are all key elements. So I, I highly encourage everyone who's who's got an idea, do your homework, pursue it, get the right people with you, get have a good team. And um, and proceed, you know. You've got to actually do it. And what you're doing here is is a good example of that. Well, thank Great. you so much, thank and thank you. you for being here. All right, listeners, you heard it here. 
Again, if you want to get in contact with Michael, just visit his website at TAIVACO.com. Thank you, and until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, broadcasting from launch workplaces at the Rio Washingtonian Center in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Like our Facebook page, the Entrepreneur Revolution podcast, to get updates on new and upcoming episodes.